I ran into a guy the other day and hadn't seen him in a few years. And he was actually one of my professors in college. And he pastors a church here locally. And I tried to avoid eye contact with him because I knew it would lead into a discussion. That's my move. I don't want to make eye contact with you because I don't want to talk to you. And I heard it across the parking lot. And anytime you hear this, this prefix before your name, you know you're dealing with the religious. And I heard, Brother Gary. And I thought, oh, he saw me. And I said, hey, man, how are you doing? Literally the next words out of his mouth. Still over at that action church. I said, yeah, they ain't got sick of me yet. Well, I mean, church is a loose word. I said, here we go. He said, let me ask you a question. I don't want to be offensive. So let me tell you how someone knows they're going to be offensive. If they preface the fact that they don't want to be offensive, chances are real good they're going to be offensive. He said, how do you justify laying your head down at night every night knowing that you guys have no standards. And I said, I sleep really well. And he said, he said, I just don't get it. And without even thinking, I thought, and you, this is what I responded. I said, brother so-and-so, I met him on his own level there. And I said, uh, then you just don't get Christmas. And have you ever said a statement, you're like, crap, I don't really know what that statement means. I better figure out how to back it up now. And he said, what do you mean? I, I said, then you just don't get Christmas, man, because literally the heart of Christmas is come as you are. And he kind of looked at me, and I said, I don't have time to debate for you, man. It was so good to see you. hope to see you in five years. And I turned around and walked away. And he must have got a little convicted because, believe it or not, he sent me a message on Facebook. And he, he said, man, I think I came across aggressive the other day. And I said, no, you didn't come across as anything. I said, I appreciate it. And he said, well, you just keep after it. And I said, I don't know what that means, but I'll keep after it. But I'm going to be real quick today. And, and I want to show you real, real quickly why I believe at the core Christmas has come as you are. Why we do church the way we do church. And I said, it's kind of a weird thing to do a vision message on Christmas Eve, but I think it's so vital to understand that we don't do this because we want to be the cool church in town, and we don't do this because we have nothing better to do. We do what we do around here because we live with the conviction that this book says, come as you are, that we serve a God who meets us right where we are. He doesn't ask us to change to meet him. He meets us in the muck, in the mire, in the miry clay. And I love Luke chapter 2. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken, the entire Roman world. Verse 3, and everyone went on their own to register. So Joseph also went to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and lineage of David. He went to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, we know this scripture. It's one of the most famous scriptures in all the world. What we've heard is it Linus. We've heard Linus do it for years on the Peanuts cartoon. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And I want you to picture this to me. Mary's giving birth to the Savior, and the only place available is an inn. 
is a shelter, is a barn at an inn, not even a room in the inn. The, the, the innkeeper felt so bad. He said, I don't have a room for you. The place is full. But he, he said, I have a stable out back and I can probably put some clean hay down. And I mean, I, I don't know about you ladies. And I know we don't have a lot of bougie, high maintenance women, but I think you'd be pretty bougie if I said, hey, let's go get birth in a, in a stable. And yet that's where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords was born. It, it, it's it's all about God saying, come as you are. God sent the ultimate gift to us. Think about this for a minute. No longer when men have to go to God, God has now come to them. And he isn't born in a palace. He's given the humblest of beginnings. And he's born in a stable because the stable was the place that was available. I tell people all the time, God is not looking for the most qualified. He's looking for those that are available. The church has screwed this up. The church is looking for the most qualified. You got to look like this and act like this and jump through this and know this secret handshake and know this Christianese. And you got to do this and dot your T's and line your eyes or whatever the old saying is. And you got to be just like us to fit in. And God says, come as you are. And then not only the place that he was born, but look, it says, and there were shepherds laying out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord approached them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven on earth. Peace to his favor rest. And when the angels had left them, them who? The shepherds. Don't miss that because we're going to get back to that. When he had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened. So think about this. He, he's born in the most unlikely of places. And this is the part that gets me a little bit emotional. The first people to hear about the birth was not royalty. It was not kings. It was not the wealthy. It was not the religious. It was shepherds in a field. And God proclaimed that his son had been born to shepherds. You say, I, I don't understand the significance. Well, you have to understand that in this day and time that shepherds were about the lowest of low. They were religious outcasts because they were in the fields and they were working. They were not able to go to the temple. They were not able to make sacrifices because they had to be with the sheep 24-7. It was kind of like being a Waffle House waitress, man. They never closed. And they were there all the time. And so because of this, even though it was nothing they could do about it, they had, it, wasn't, it was their job and they couldn't help it. They couldn't have time to go make sacrifices and ask for forgiveness of sins. They were looked at as social outcasts of the day. They would be the equivalent of what we would look at and whatever outcast that we look at. It's weird because we don't look at anybody's outcast around here. So to start naming people would be super weird. But they were the lowest of the low. They were kind of sketch people. They, they were borderline social outcasts. When you spend the majority of your life around sheep, you don't have the best personal skills. They weren't the cleanest people. They weren't the most educated people. They were outcasts. 
They, they were what we would look at as modern day, a lot of times what we would classify as modern day gypsies or modern day carnies. They would come into an area with the sheep and they would leave and people didn't trust them. And a lot of times because it was such a... Um, it was such an unskilled job that anybody could do it. it. It didn't take a very educated person to do the job that the lowest of the low were considered shepherds. Yet God chose to announce his son's birth to the shepherds. That's amazing to me. It was, again, his way of saying, come as you are. We serve a God that says, come as you you are. Christmas to me is summed up as the good news because it, it, it says God takes us as we are. I always find it amusing at Christmas Eve services or Easter services, the two times a year a lot of you come, <laughs> that when you bring your friends or you bring your relatives that are from other churches, you can see almost the fear of God on their face when they walk in. Because it doesn't classify what they have stereotyped in their mind as what church is. And we don't look like what church should look like. And we don't act like what church should act like. And you can almost see them freaking out. And I think to myself, man, don't you just get it? God loves this island of misfit toys. And God loves come as you are. And he's doing a great work amongst us. And he's not looking for those that have it all together. He's looking for people who are willing and available to be used by God. That's the Christmas story. It's for everybody, anybody, no matter what you've done, no matter how broke, no matter how busted, no matter how disgusted, God says, I love you. I came for you. That's amazing to me today. That's the good news in a year full of bad news. It's good to have a reminder of the good news. Come as you are. That's Christmas. If you're here today and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, guess what? God says, come as you are. But Gary, you don't know. I, let me make this real clear to you. I'm not very pastorly. I, I don't care. I don't care about your past. I, I don't even mean this in a really crappy way. I don't really care about what you're going through right now. Like, I just love you. We're glad you're here. I, I don't care about what kind of mess you have. We love you. We're glad you're here. We, we normally, when we give our little greeting, we have a little cliche. We say, we say, God loves you. We love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. You're screwed up by walking through these doors. You got a group of people who love you now. They love you right where you are. You say, Gary, you don't know me. I don't need to know you because guess what? You don't know us. And God loves us. I, I can't walk in the doors of the church. The, the ceiling cave in. Don't flatter yourself. A whole lot worse than you've walked through the doors. A whole lot worse than you're probably preaching on this stage right now. God says, come as you are. Look what he says in 2 Samuel. He says, you save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. Psalms 149 says, for the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. Isaiah says, this is what the Lord says. This is the one I esteem. He was humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Matthew 23 says, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. God says, come as you are. And then that's it today. I don't have any huge fancy message. I told you I'd be out of here in 10 minutes. I just wanted to remind you this year. We can throw out our little cliches and Christmas is forgiving and Jesus is the reason for the season and all those things are true. But at the end of the day, Jesus came where we could come 
as we are. That's good news today. And this crowd today, there's somebody sitting out there. You walked in these doors today and you don't even know why you walked in. Maybe someone invited you. Somebody told me as they were walking in, they said, man, I just heard the music and came in. Welcome. But you're not here by accident. You're here because God loves you and he wanted you reminded of that today. That's Christmas. As we get ready tomorrow, man, for the kids to get up and see Santa Claus and we're unwrapping gifts and we're doing all the stuff and the, the ham or the turkey or whatever it is that you do on Christmas Day is happening. Don't forget, we're able to do that because Christ came and accepts us just like we are. I love coming here on Christmas Eve and going out there and seeing everybody's like, I can't believe you have a tailgate. I love that there's people out there having, doing life together. I want it to run out one day where I can see Jesus perform another miracle and turn some more water into wine. Maybe that'd be real cool. I don't know. But like, I think it's awesome. Connecting. and listen, I don't care if the religious like it. I don't care what other churches think. I don't care what other Christians think. We got invited. They might be watching right now, so I got to be real careful. I moved into a neighborhood two weeks ago. We're neighborhood people now. HOA people, the lambs. We got invited to the neighborhood Christmas party last night. And I made it about halfway through before anybody started putting the dots together that I was a pastor. And that opened the whole can of worms that I didn't want to hear about because I didn't want to hear about where they go to church and what they think about this. I didn't care. And someone said, well, where's that church at? And I was like, oh, it's down in the ghetto. And I almost caught myself trying to talk about, we need to come check it out. I was like, no, you don't want to come check it out. Right? Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> You'll be putting up a privacy fence if you come here on a Sunday. And one of them looked at me and said, just sum it up for me in a sentence. And I was like, sum it up in a sentence. It's just come as you are. Welcome to Action Church. Hey, man, I just want to let you know, it's been a crazy year. Those of you who call Action Church home, man, thank you for sticking with us through this. Man, we kind of created a lot of controversy in our community by having church when no one else was and not shutting the doors down and, man, doing what we do. And, man, we tried to be smart with what's going on in our state. But, man, you guys made this year incredible. Thank you. I love being your pastor. And I love more that you understand we are come as you are. And everything we do, whether it's Christmas or Easter or the other 50 weeks out of the year, then the theme is always going to be come as you are because that's the theme of the Bible. God meets us right where we are in the condition. He said he picks us up out of the miry clay and puts our feet on a solid rock. If you're here today and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, Listen, here's the deal. I'm not going to do some altar call and freak you out and put you on the spot. I'm not going to play 25 courses of just as I am like the church I grew up in used to do. I'm not going to guilt you in your seat today. But if you're here today and you have any doubts about your relationship with Christ, I would love nothing more than to talk to you after the service. Again, just grab me. We'll make it discreet. I'd love to introduce you to this amazing man named Jesus who accepts you right where you are. And whatever question you have, he's the answer for it. Whatever it is you're searching for, he's the answer for it. Hey, it has been a great year, has it not? 
Has it not been a great year? At the end of the day, has it not been a great year? Are you alive? Are you breathing? Are any of you? Nah, that's a dangerous question to ask, right? If anybody's living on the streets of this church. It's been a great freaking year. You know why? Because we choose to decide it's been a great year. You say, I hope 21's better. I hope it's better too. But 20 was great. Because, man, we got to grow and do life together. Merry Christmas. I'm so glad you guys came out.